0: Listening to Common Ride with me. I'm your host Kip with me is Steph. Hey Steph.
1: Henson. Hello.
0: Hello. You were a little more uh in the traditional realm, but I was a little more in the violin realm of <laughs> well, ride to Kiva.
1: Yeah, I, I figured it, it I felt like it came up more these episodes than it has before, so I really latched on to it.
0: Yeah, uh, we're here to talk about the last eight episodes of Comarda Kiva. We've done it, we finished it
1: so many emotions just so much happening these last few episodes
0: it's been a bit of a wacky ride uh but we're here and uh yeah this show um wow uh there's a lot to say i think as we will go through this but i guess um steph um what were your um thoughts on the show before we got to these like last eight episodes like how are you feeling like before today
1: i will say that i think the first few episodes we watched i was kind of looking at wataru and wondering how they were going to pull a superhero out of him which more Mm -hmm. than anything like speaks to his ability as an actor because he was able to pull off just this kind of Sad, you know, introverted guy, so well. But the deeper we got into it, the more episodes we watched, and kind of the more the storyline developed, the more impressive the way that everything connected worked out. And then these last few episodes absolutely blew my mind with how well they were able to give each of these characters such a breathing storyline. And it was just really great.
0: I really liked what they were doing with him throughout the show. And, like, I would have been fine with just that, but I really did appreciate where they got with, like, him and, like, a lot of other characters. Like, and there's even, like, a small character or two where I was like, oh, wow, you did a really good job with not much material for this character.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's not only the writing, but, you know, the cast, as I've said before, you know, there are so many of them that are able to really pull out these arcs. that are completely unexpected. And I feel like, especially with these last couple episodes, they did that really well. And the way that they started playing some of the characters with each other was just so, so much fun to see. Yeah.
0: And like, that's like, um, the fun thing about like doing this kind of like format of show is like doing the book club and going through and like seeing something like we have three different kind of shows here on, like I'd rather be like going through something <laughs> Over the course of a year, is <laughs> a really great long journey. Going through something in a book club where it's like a condensed and like concentrated like read is really great. Like going through through the comparison that we're doing in like in the name of the moon that's also great. S- but like I think um just getting to like spend a couple months with something really intensely
1: mm-hmm. is really great. Oh yeah, for sure. And I have enjoyed each of the common writer series that we watch so often. And every time we start a new one, I always think to myself, I'm not going to like this as much as I liked the previous one. And I'm always proven wrong. Like every one that we've watched so far has found a different reason for me to be amazed by it. And that's definitely the case with Kiva also.
0: So we should talk about, um, how it compares to the other shows that we looked at But first we should talk about The future of the like Book club here and I think uh, We are at a bit of a cr- crossroads Because we've like had like a little bit of like uh, Some turbulence but Let's talk about what's next Our next book club uh, will not Just be me and you mm-hmm. uh, We are bringing some uh, Guests back so yeah for Our next book club project um, We are going to be expanding it A little bit It'll be uh, like a larger group of people probably won't have everyone each time, but right now it's me and you Um, depending on the show, Ali might join. Uh, There's one person who is a little unsure. And then we have um, our friend David from the Tokyo fresh podcast. Uh, He lives in Japan currently and uh, he's been on the show uh, three times so far. Very good friend of, of the like show. So yeah. Um, it's gonna be just uh, a lot of people like taking breaks or coming in and like maybe some big old little like clusterfuck episodes. But
1: <laughs> looking forward to it.
0: I thought we would talk about what we are considering looking at, and there are three shows in the potential future there. Um, so Steph, um, what are you looking for in the next show that we look at?
1: And that's and that's tough because. Uh... I wasn't sure walking into Kiva if I was going to enjoy it that much. And I think you and I had talked, I can't remember if it was on the show or offline, about how this show could be a little bit heavy at times because it has so many themes like dealing with mental illness, and you see that a lot with Like It's very obvious that he's got a lot going on, and so it adds a different level of I don't want to say sadness, because it's not necessarily sadness, but you you definitely get into the, like these kind of feelings of despair that he's dealing with every once in a while. Um, so I have to say that I'm going to reserve judgment on any recommendations, because I was completely wrong about this one. Um, so I feel like whatever we look into next, just because every... Time we've looked at a common writer, I have just enjoyed the hell out of it i I think that whatever comes, I'm going to just embrace it wholeheartedly once I start watching so i I don't really have a strong preference one way or the other i I kind of just trust the process at this point
0: yeah, uh well, despair is present. In all comic writer, but especially these mid two thousand comic writers, Spare is very present. Uh,
1: they were they were hitting the millennials for sure with these.
0: <laughs> like uh, I really have enjoyed some recent comic writers, but there was just something in the water. They were like, okay, we're bringing back this franchise, but we kind of don't care. We kind of care. It's kind of prestige cut or not, mm-hmm. and they're just doing dramas basically.
1: <laughs> right, right. And I, you know, I I'm not completely opposed to like the more soap opera aspects that sometimes come into these shows. And with this particular one, it felt like it was a little bit heavier than other series that we've watched, especially because it had so many like love triangles and flashbacks, and you know, people falling mm-hmm. in love with this person and that one. So I, I I just I feel like I'm along for the ride now. <laughs> Whatever we decide to watch, I, I I'm all in. So
0: okay then. Let's talk about the three shows that we kind of have in our, like, finals. Okay. Um, they are the 13th Kamen Rider series, Kamen Rider Fies, The 14th Kamen Rider series, Kamen Rider Blade. And the 17th Kamen Rider series, Kamen Rider Deno. So, uh, the 15th Kamen Rider series was Kamen Rider Hibiki, And the 18th was Kamen Rider Akiva. Uh, so, um, in this zone, kind of, um... What I will say is that um these shows have a couple of, uh superlatives. Is that the thing in the yearbook or is that something else?
1: <laughs> Are you talking about extracurriculars?
0: Like uh most likely to be president or something, like that kind of stuff.
1: Oh, that's okay. A, yeah.
0: That's a uh, superlative, right?
1: <laughs> sure, we'll go with that. That sounds like a fancy enough word.
0: I yeah, I don't know. Um the thing about doing words is sometimes I don't know if a word's real or if I'm just (laughs) conceited. So, uh, yeah, same. Either way. uh, So, Comrider Fies is uh, the first show I ever watched. It's still my favorite show. Uh, Comrider Deno is the most popular writer show there's ever been. Mm. It had a movie last year, it came out in in 2007. It had a new movie last year. Kamen Blade is maybe the most memed Kamen Rider show. Uh, it's also the, so, uh, how do I describe what these shows are about? Kamen Rider Fives is a show about isolation and modernity. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll say.
1: That sounds a bit pandemic-y. I don't know if we really want to do that just yet.
0: Uh, it's very. It definitely leans into the melodrama. I think, um, like, there's a lot of people who are dealing with being with feelings of loneliness and also how they come together. Um, it's a little bit more sci-fi than a lot of like our murder shows. Like, it's it's kind of cyberpunk, I'd say. Oh, cool. Its own way. Yeah. Um, it is a little um, less sacred with the idea of who is the main character. Or who is the common rider? Mm. It's a little more up in the air throughout the show.
1: That's interesting.
0: *Common Rider* Blade is um, an an interesting show to talk about because um, it definitely has. um, It is a lot about what is the right thing to do. It is a lot about the trolley problem, a little bit. It is oh. a show that is, uh, very much, um, looking at why people fight, why they act certain ways. Um, it has a pretty, uh, a smaller cast than some shows, but it feels very tight-knit because of it. Um, I would say if Comer is about isolation, uh, this is very much about, is this, is it okay to defend yourself? Is it okay to survive? Is what a lot of Blade is about. So
1: is it is it kind of like, um, uh, Kuga in that respect? Because that also had a very small cast. I don't think it went as in depth with like the morality of, well, you know, when and where to fight. But it, it did have that kind of smaller cast and more intimate feel than the other series have had.
0: Maybe I should give like a super top level plot yeah. beat for these shows. Um, for *Comrade Fies, it is a show about uh, the next evolution in humanity, mm. and how there is a new species, uh, known as Orphanox, who are this like um new next phase in what humans are. Um, and there is a company that supports them, and there is kind of like conspiracy going on around.
1: Oh hell! That. Sounds exactly like cyberpunk, so yeah.
0: (laughs) Commander Blade is about... Have you seen 2001 A Space Odyssey?
1: Yeah, but years ago. Like, if you asked me to recall the plot, I I would be grasping at straws.
0: So, uh, basically, something that... This show is about um, a species of monsters called undead Mm -hmm. that uh, cannot be killed and are sealed in cards they represent the major species of earth and they are fighting to see what the new dominant species of earth will be
1: <laughs> oh interesting
0: then describe writer deno a lot of people did not like come writer deno when it came out <laughs> um for a lot of reasons <laughs> one i think is uh much like kiva the protagonist is not cool okay is not a so there are three kinds of comic writer p- protagonists there are assholes there are idiots and there are shy <laughs> ones. <laughs> weirdly enough um each of these shows has one of those three as their main characters types. Uh, <laughs> I, I, so. I get
1: that you're saying that from a place of a of of you know experience, but there's still a part of me that's just like, oh, kinda sounds like a high school yearbook all over again.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's very McDonald's, McDonald's, McDonald's going on. But right. so um Comwriter Deno is was maligned for being brighter and uh more colorful, having um a little bit more in common with super sentai um i think it's not actually that it's still a drama it is not actually that much brighter like maybe like in its designs and maybe there's a little less like death and despair and melodrama of a certain stripe but um it is also it is very much about what is trauma what are memories what is time it is a show the top level i guess Summary is that there is a train <laughs> that travels through time, and there are monsters formed from the sands of time. Hmm. Uh. And yeah. Um. I will say that the uh, protagonist of Commander of Commander Geno is a shy type. <laughs> I will say that the protagonist of Blade is a hmm. dumb type. Um and the protagonist of is an asshole gotcha. type. For right now, um, how are you feeling about those shows? Just like off...
1: So, just off of this discussion, um, I also am recalling that before we decided that we were going to do Kiva for this round, Dena was also in our list. So, even if we can't get to it this next series, I would like to at some point, because it's has been on my list for a while, just because we've talked about it a couple of times now. Um, But uh, Blade and Fize also both sound seriously entertaining. Um, So if I had to like chop one off of the list, I would say I'd probably like to do either Deno or Blade. Um, Obviously, unless anybody else within the book club has strong feelings one way or the other, um, those would probably be my top two of that list.
0: Okay, that's fair. Um I think that because we have a bit to do with the rest of uh like Kiva, we should keep it at that then oh, cool. and just say, uh, let's uh pick between Blade and Deno and we will uh make that choice on the like socials or like a little like mini episode cool. and we will uh for now though, we are down to Blade or Deno. And they're both interesting series. They're both uh different sides of Cover Rider, but uh <laughs> There's a lot there, I'll say. But no. Uh Steph. I think it's time. We can't postpone anymore. Let's talk about common writer Kiva. Uh
1: so many emotions this set of episodes.
0: Yeah. And it's hard because like I I definitely want to talk about everything, but also like don't want to talk about everything. It's hard because there's just so much in mm-hmm. the forest was, and the trees in these last eight eight episodes. That's like the flaw. there was a
1: lot that happened, yeah. Yeah,
0: but um, I think something I do want to say, um, to connect to what we we're saying before is that not just like looking towards the future, but now looking towards the past. Um, Kiva feels like such a companion piece with Hibiki, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: It just sucks because like there's so much about Kiva that I'm so positive on compared to Hibiki. Because it's very clear that Kiva had a vision and stuck to it and wasn't meddled with too strong. You know? Yeah. Can you imagine what would have happened to Kiva if at episode 29 they changed the whole direction of the show? Uh, God.
1: I. Uh, yeah, I... I- Kind of had that thought, too, because, I mean, Hibiki, I felt so burned by that. (laughs) I was kind of waiting to see if that was going to happen again, Um, and it didn't, thankfully. But, honestly, I don't know, like, with this series, how they could have. Hibiki, they found a way to do it to where, yeah, I mean, if you had been watching the show all along, it looked really fucked up. (laughs) But it still wasn't completely unnatural, I guess. But Kiva had a very unique story that it was telling and a very unique cast of characters that I I don't feel like there would have been any natural way to completely change the entire production and have it not be a completely different show from how it ended up. Like, I mean, obviously there were a couple things like on the very last episode they could have chosen to be assholes about, but thankfully didn't. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't see how they could have <coughs> pulled the same thing they pulled with Habiki.
0: So I was checking and that would have been literally right before we got the end of the Rook saga with the mother-daughter transformation.
1: Oh god. So maybe yeah.
0: like there's some like cast over and that goes to plan, but then they would have introduced Taiga and I could totally see Taiga being a lot like Karaya in like Hibiki where he's like introduced and in, like too central and too much of an asshole and the show changes too much.
1: hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably where like uh, part of the fear came from, not just from Hibiki, but then all of a sudden they introduced Taiga and I was like, here we go. What the fuck is going to happen now? <laughs> But his, they actually gave him a really, I felt like, natural character arc, which was surprising, but not in a disappointing way. It was surprising in a, oh, they did the right thing <laughs> type of way for his character.
0: Yeah, he didn't get too much or too little. I was very much like, oh, you got enough compared yeah, to like Uriah. Yeah.
1: It, was, it was very, like I said, it, it was organic to the story. It, it fell in naturally with everyone else's storyline. They didn't make him too big or too small. Like he was just the right amount on screen, and it it just it worked. I was really surprised by how well they pulled that off.
0: Yeah, and not say that like he was perfect. There are definitely some things that I was like, okay, you didn't need to fake out this or do this or that. Like a, a couple points where they were like, oh, oh, we killed this person. No, we didn't. Somebody else did. Or no, you didn't. I'm fine. I was like, OK, that's a little weird, but yeah, it wasn't like uh, <laughs> it was scratches, it wasn't complete bodywork, you know.:
1: Yeah, yeah, and, and we will touch on that again when we talk about uh, Mio's character arc. So <clears throat> I do have some thoughts.:
0: <laughs> But uh, so the first episode, episode 41: Lullaby: Release the Heart. Uh Wataru is still a shut in. <laughs> and uh it's like kind of like leftover arc, but like um Nago's in danger, gets saved by Kengo, and Wataru's like, I'm not normal. And
1: <laughs> like anybody like, we'll on that out. show is
0: <laughs> Yeah, because like pretty early on too, like it's just like Shima being rude to Kengo and like Nago, and I'm like, Shima, you fucking suck, dude. Like, mm-hmm. pretty bad.
1: Yeah. And he doesn't really go out of his way to prove that at any point in the series that he doesn't. So, uh,
0: it's rough. He gets a little bit later, but it's kind of like a rough road to hoe if you're a like fan of him. Because like, even Nago's like, hey, I want to request that we don't kill Watar. And he's like, I'll think about it.
1: <laughs> he has to make a formal request over it. Like, come on, guys.
0: Uh, what is Taiga doing this episode? So Taiga is like trying to get the power of, of, of Like Dark Kiva And um Then is like can I have it on my wedding day? She's like yeah And he's like cool make sure you wear a leather veil So nobody sees my traitor bombs At my, at my <laughs> wedding I was like okay
1: You dick <laughs> Did you even send her an invite?
0: Yeah uh Taiga's relationship with his mob is Honestly Fuck. pretty messed up yeah yeah and i was thinking like why didn't he let taiga why didn't she let taiga live in the house but i guess like if he's like king and he's targeted and there would be attention it makes sense to like have him not if have him be with the blue sky organization and stuff it's just like messed up with like i guess if he's already marked as the king he has to be like protected mm-hmm. in a way like what does not it. it's just Man, it must suck to be Watara was just like Matilda, like making pancakes and stuff and like being raised by Kivat, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, honestly, he was pretty happy with his life. It was everybody else fucking with him that kind of put him in the position he ended up in. He just wanted to like ground up snail shells and try to fix a violin. Like he really didn't want that much out of life.
0: Yeah, I do wonder like who was watching it. Was it just like was Kivat going to like the grocery store? Like, well, what's he, going was, on?
1: he was the one that was in the bathtub with him, so I have to assume you don't just let someone in their bathtub with you unless they buy you groceries occasionally, right? That's my rule.
0: And of course, like um, in 41, we get the great scenes of the arms monsters. They made the deal with the king that they'll kill Kotoya, but they can't do it. <laughs> they have like a big like 10,000 pound mallet and that they was can't kill him some
1: of my they funniest the moments the entire series honestly like I, and i wrote down in my notes mosquito 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 because that made me laugh so hard
0: <laughs> and um what do you think about the bath scene with uh with jiro
1: that once again put me into the headspace that i've gone into a couple of times not just watching common rider but everything that we've watched where it's like there's something about Japanese media that is so much more comfortable with like these male-on-male interactions than American media is and you know go them.
0: Yeah, we talked about it a little bit with like um like the uh I forget what the actual word was, but like the way that like um certain media like had the relationship between like men and young boys and how that was like rooted in like samurai mm-hmm. gay traditions. Yeah. Uh yeah I don't know but it's definitely much more uh, nice it's like oh yeah let's bathe there's not like a big like uh gay can't believe that you were being in my shower gay (laughs) I'm not sure like whatever 2003 machismo there is it's true though
1: and and like even with Wataru him you know he has a really mild personality the entire series anyway and even, like, for the couple of seconds you can tell that it's weird for him to have zero in the in the bath with him. Like, he gets over it so fucking quickly, and they, they turn it into this really, like, you can tell that it's not any kind of, like, sexual or romantic tension at all. It just very much is these two dudes that are having a bath together, and it's just, it, it's done so well, and that's probably both the writing and the acting, but... It it just – it didn't – unless you're conditioned to think that way, which I probably am once again consuming American media, it just – it didn't seem like something that was that weird, (laughs) honestly. It it just seemed like, okay, well, yeah, he's going to wash his back to thank him for something. Why don't my friends do that? Like, I do them favors. What the hell?
0: I mean, yeah, um, and – Maybe sometimes it leads somewhere, but I do love how he just becomes his like wolf form, it's like completely normal. Like that's one of like the big like memories of the show is like in like the bath is a wolf and he's crying. He's like, I got soap in my eye. Now wash my back. Like that's and that's, of course is yeah. just that's like okay.
1: <laughs> it just washes his back like, Yep, this is something totally normal in my life. It 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 just it it was cute and funny and like kind of touching to see that much emotion all at one time that was just it it was such a well-done scene i mean all of them were with all of them kind of like having their regrets about having to kill him but that one was just especially funny for that reason because you my brain automatically went to where the hell is this show going to oh this is just them being goofy as usual
0: and their like whole relationship we get told a lot about the relationship that Otoyo and like Jiro have, but I think they do really sell it this episode, and like they build it up pretty well. And like, I love how that goes forward into their relationship with Wataru later. It's like there's something we don't see it all the way, but it matters, and it goes through time enough that maybe they didn't do the work, but it still feels like they did, and like you see that they love.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I think one of the things that I, I was having a hard time understanding with like the block of episodes before this was they had already started like pointing to the fact that Jiro and Batoya were friends, like they loved each other, respected each other, and I was just like, okay, no, we never got to see that because they were fighting over the girl the whole time, and it isn't until like you start seeing these kind of like, small moments in their past that you start putting it together, like, yeah, they had that one competitive thing, but aside from that, like, they basically thought the other was a pretty cool dude, with this one exception, so the way that they start to really bring that together in this block of episodes was a lot of fun to see. And, yeah, one, just like you said, especially as it carries over to them taking care of Wataru.
0: Yeah, um, I do want to talk about, um, the characters who are trying to take care of what are here though. And it starts with Mia who teleports into his house with the food that she made was like, look, I made you food. Finally. Isn't this great? I wanted to be a chef or whatever. And and he's like, Oh, this is great. I'm not going to kill my brother. (laughs) (laughs) Good food though
1: another one that made me laugh probably like and I wasn't supposed to but it was just because it was like just look on her face after he says that he's not gonna kill him I'm just like come on did you really think like one meal you have to give him a couple of meals and get him drunk first to get him to agree to shit like everybody knows that one on one
0: and like I do love how <laughs> yeah this leads into her eventual solution for things later but like it's just like hey what's up oh, we really love each other and I know that like <laughs> we don't like this whole like royal backstabbing situation thing, but just one time and we'll be good. (laughs) It's one time with Tara. I,
1: I have to be honest. Like I've liked Mia the whole time, but the way that they started to really push her character into like this queen role toward the end here was such a delight to see. Like I, I, the more that I saw her kind of leaning into that, the more I was like, hell yeah, do it.
0: I just love seeing actors from Kamen Rider have more than one role. Like, she's the main character in, like, Kamen Rider Fies. And, like, here she got to take out some of that energy oh, nice. w- where she felt like that character a little bit more, too. And it's was like, oh, this is great. Like, she really knows how to be in these shows and be in these dramas and have these emotions. I
1: love that for her, though, because it, just like uh, Wataru's character at the beginning of the series, she came off as very one dimensional and it was hard to like her for me i mean i i liked the sweet innocent thing but on the other hand i was like okay we already have that with like the main character of the show this has got to lighten up a little bit and the way that she like really slowly develops into like this more dramatic kind of self-serving role i was like okay this is what i was waiting for the entire time like i i wanted her to be a little bit more interesting and and they really nailed it
0: yeah and another character who i think um really gets nailed in very little time is oh my god does kengo come out in this first episode oh my
1: goodness yes
0: like his whole scene is mm-hmm. incredible
1: yeah i loved it i i it was hard seeing him play this like really like hardened character for a while but then to see him like slowly drifting back into like a more uh, approachable kind of personality was a lot of fun to see and to see him do it without kind of losing his edge was also great instead of like leaning into that soap opera trope of oh i'm a changed man and now i suddenly can't fight anymore like it it was just it was really great
0: because his whole thing is hey i was actually kind of relieved because i wasn't any good at guitar (laughs) when i couldn't do it anymore so i was lying to myself but i was also lying to myself when i hated you let's be friends again (laughs) And like, uh, that comes back later too, but, um, just, I, what a strong (coughs) scene there. Um, (coughs) and then, um, we see that the, um, in the eighties though, like another big friendship is that the arms monsters get hunted down and they don't get killed. They like split up to try and escape and they get sealed into the, into the weapons they are later because the king wants them for decoration because they're like the last of their kind which is that's how you this king character has really gotten not much characterization but i think like all of us have been strong it's been like hey he's literally like the devil and where he walks there's slaves mm-hmm. and also he wants the last of these species on display in his house like that's that's good evil yeah, shit. no
1: i love that and uh, you know it, it's always weird to say that you like an evil character um I'm, I've grown pretty comfortable with it, but <laughs> um, I did enjoy his a lot just for that. it There was nothing, like, overly cliched about him. I felt like the way that, you know, his character was written and the things that he gets angry about, the things he gets jealous about, the things that make him really stand up and be, like, the villain are so interesting. Yeah. And, like, he just can dominate any scene he walks into. So it's great to have him playing up against these equally strong personalities too.
0: There was no effort to make him relatable and it's so yeah, much fun. Yeah.
1: I love that. Like give me the Disney villain every time I want something over the top. I I was raised on that fucking poor unfortunate soul song. Like, yes, give me all of that.
0: And he has such a good place in the pantheon of masculinity in this show. Just having this dude who's like you're mine, no matter what I'll hurt your son, just like really <laughs> stuff that like when you take out like the vampire powers aren't that, uh, aren't that fictional at all. Uh, yeah. just like, yeah. Um, just having a dude who like, doesn't need any kind of redemption or arc <laughs> at yeah, all. No, he, like, yeah, he absolutely played like the day. textbook
1: narcissist, but was able to do it on a much grander stage because obviously he's, you know a monster type and so he gets that much more kind of like pizzazz with everything he does and it was it was great to see like i love love big villains like that
0: and he's such a man baby like when when he hears Toya say i'm captivated by my he's like what this woman that i haven't seen for Months since we had our baby, while I was going off doing weird (laughs) shit,
1: like slapped her around when I found out she was seeing a human on this. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) All all of a sudden he's like, "That's I didn't want to play with that toy until someone else was playing with it, and now it's mine." And
0: like, and like the scenes intercut of a scene of like Wataru uh, as a child playing hide and seek with his mom, and then coming to the same tree in his Mm -hmm. dreams to see his mom from the past. And like hearing what his dad said to his mom currently in the eighties, 22 years ago. And it's like, this is, this is great. (laughs) This is real stupid. This is great. I I
1: love it for that kind of like over the top soap opera aspect. The only, I think complaint if I had to make one about the series was just the fact that here at the end of it, they like jam packed all this intimacy between Wataru and his mom. And there was nothing there before so it just felt like it was very like we're trying to get this storyline closed as opposed to like something that would have developed naturally
0: i like his relationship with his mom i think that otoya and maya and yuri is a little there's a lot done at the very end to justify it but it is kind of does seem like it just kind of happens a little Mm -hmm. bit you're right um
1: and like i said only complaint but it's just because that that one thing, like even in a show that excels at being over the top, that felt really over the top.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Wataru well, gets his confidence back again and not for the <laughs> <laughs> last time of it has a big CG fight. But then the more important fight is um, that um, in the 80s, everybody's trying to take down the king, but Jiro gets captured and Otoya gets captured and like he tries to do like a really badass rider kick but just like gets grabbed and-
1: <laughs> Yeah and, and that's another fun thing about the king is watching him in battle because he literally like just smirks and destroys like Thanos style half of the earth, like it, it, he's great in that really overpowered way that you kind of want your evil guy to be
0: and hit episode of like 42 um episode 41 was uh was lullaby release the heart episode 42 is the power of love the king thing <laughs> less here but i do like how we get wataru uh actually talking to his friends mm-hmm. and having dessert and like being like hey kiko can we be friends again he's like oh we're already friends bro <laughs>
1: It was. I-, I loved seeing that, like, confidence burst from him. Um, I mean, there was a lot of good things about this episode in particular, but that scene in the middle of, like, how so much chaos had been happening in the show up to this point was so just sweet to see. Like, him being in the middle of all these people that care about him and him realizing for the first time how many people do. Like, it, it was great.
0: And I love the scene of, like, Shima making him an omelet rice that i don't think if he knows like why like, that's like, like his parents thing yet or like his dad's thing yet but like he's definitely like oh okay i guess you accept me now and shima mostly does this point and it's like a little like ultimatum of this omelet's what i think of <laughs> you <laughs> this omelet of ultimatum know,
1: and it's it, the hard part for me was i've never had one of those and to me they really don't look particularly appealing because i don't Care much for eggs and I'm very Indifferent to ketchup but I was just like Is that a good thing or a Bad thing like That's how he thinks of him
0: Hmm. I definitely Tried to make omelette rice Back in like 2009 2010 when I watched the show But um (laughs) I I don't think I made it well But I don't know if it's my favorite thing but also it, It might be the kind of thing where it's like You need to get it made someplace like it's like You like, it's kind of like hard work to make a good omelet sometimes. So it's like that kind of thing where it's just like, yeah, maybe at a restaurant where they like have this down. It's not a hassle and you don't want to cut corners. It's it's fine. But it's a weird recipe because it's like there's ketchup in the rice or whatever. Actually, it's um,
1: I think it was uh, our, our last um, segment of this. That's what uh, she's making for a toy to, you know, kind of flirt with him. And I looked up that recipe because I was like, oh, that's interesting. I've never heard of that. And I looked at it and I was like, this sounds like hell to make. Like, I don't think I'll be trying this even for the sake of the show. It, maybe if I see it on a menu somewhere, like you said, that that just looks like a headache.
0: Yeah, it like sounds like it would be fun to get from a place. Like, I would pay $7 for dominant rice. I wouldn't spend, like, 90 minutes... <laughs> making yeah, the rice the right way you know sounds
1: like a pretty good deal for an hour of my time yeah i i'd buy that
0: but uh there's a great little scene where maya comes to mio after she's killed somebody is like <laughs> so which one of my sons do you want and she's like it's it's good <laughs> that, i got this don't worry old was,
1: if not the entire series definitely this episode my favorite scene of all time um I loved seeing Maya looking at her and realizing what was happening and Mio just like giving the perfect like you know Maya in her younger years reaction to the whole interaction like it, it was just so great and it really showed off like what powerful actresses the two of them are um especially in the face of each other like that was just a blast
0: and Maya is like so much like looking at her like you know, <laughs> I've I can tell this. you this is gonna go, <laughs> yeah. but I'm gonna let you do you.
1: But then you kind of like see that from her uh. throughout the series. I noticed because I had the same thought: like this is weird. Like you would kind of expect her to be the one saying, "Look, you're about to seriously fuck this up. Let me tell you how I know." But she didn't, and I kind of realized, like looking at all of her interactions, she's like that with everyone like almost every interaction she has she knows like what their inevitable path is and she just lets it play out you know like her whole thing is letting people make their own mistakes and then just being like oh well we'll try to put the fire out on that bridge once we get there
0: yeah in the past though uh she teams up with yuri and they go in this lost forest to try and get Toya back is he's getting her series
1: just because she's like, I don't need you to save me. And Maya's like, Alright. That's <laughs> your fucking way.
0: And the forest stuff is super provocative. Like there's a forest guardian and Maya can't become a fake guy, but also she could still do her blast, so it's kind of a moot point.
1: <laughs> I think because even the, the forest ranger wasn't expecting it, because as soon as it happened, even I was like, Oh shit. Like Okay, shouldn't have shouldn't have doubted for a second. She had something up her sleeve. She was just way too confident about
0: that. The main thrust of these episodes, I guess, is that um, Shiba is at the grave of Yuri and Yuri's mom gets attacked by a like fangire gets in the hospital and then he gets Mm. better after Tiger takes over his care. And they're like, oh, this is great. You got no body fat when you came back and you have superhuman strength and you're eating a lot. Nothing could be wrong.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's the part that blew my mind. Like, especially with Bataru, because I know that he's like this kind of naive, innocent character anyway, and, and 100% that's part of his appeal, but I was like, you've got to have just enough common sense to know that you left this dude in the hands of your brother, who believes that the monsters are the superior race, and now all of a sudden he's doing all these really weird things. Like, nothing's clicking for you, dude?
0: And of course, like... The episode like ends with like, Wataru getting beat up by like his brother, and also like Shima realizes, wait, I'm a monster. Oh no, like I'm a fake guy. Or, oh no, and that's like leads to the last episode. I would say before things enter the end game, end game which is episode forty three, <laughs> Wedding March, time of parting. Which this episode, along with forty one, definitely knows exactly what it wants to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I will have to agree with you there. Um, I think you're right because after that, like from 44 on, the shit is hitting the fan. I feel like 43 is um throwing extra shit up there to make sure it's a really big effect once that fan starts.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, Tyga is trying to get some flowers. And he's like, "What's your most expensive flower?" <laughs> <laughs> Which is such a dumb. I love that for him. I Just do like, too. I yeah. I want to like go into a story, like what's your most expensive flower? (laughs) (laughs) I should be wealthy and do that. That sounds great for me. You should do that. Uh, Take your um, partner
1: with you. And then after they tell you what the most expensive flower is, just look at her and be like, pay for that. (laughs) Just to really drive the romance home.
0: Well, the out is if they're like, oh, here's our most expensive flower. You can always be like, if you can't afford it, The secret is being, oh, that's not nearly expensive enough. I'm sorry. I'll go somewhere (laughs) else. And then that's how you save money.
1: Oh, that's a good idea. Okay. Well, your advice is probably better for not getting broken up with. So we'll go with that. (laughs) Uh,
0: But yeah. So then like Mio shows up and is like, oh, what's the flowers for you to propose? Finally, he's like, oh, maybe. She's like, let's get married immediately for no ulterior motives. And he's like, I want all the flowers. So I want more than all your flowers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: and there's no flowers at their wedding by the way
1: no none whatsoever (laughs) But that was just doubly funny because that was another time where i was like is this just a thing that these brothers share like he does not see anything suspicious about this she didn't even like him two days ago like come on
0: it is kind of crushing too because like not that it's kind of sad to be like he's so happy about this he's like oh my god thank you Mio." Glad we could finally be together. Now we can bring my brother back in. And, like, he's just very much, like... For all of, like, Wataru being, like, a herbivore male, like, not caring about what's important for society, that super defines Taiga. He's all about being the CEO, being this king. Mm -hmm. And he, like, doesn't super care about Mio compared to, like, his brother. Like, he likes her fine, I think. And, like, maybe even likes her, like, a little bit. But, like, he's very much, like, yeah, I, um... I'm so glad you're helping me live up to the standards of society more. It's like what it feels like, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I also wonder if that isn't like kind of playing into the, um, like traditional, you know, yeah. Monarchal like families that you hear about in the past because, you know, they fucking marrying their cousins to keep the bloodline pure. So there's definitely that element of, as long as you're raising my status, yeah, sure. I, quote-unquote love you but you know as long as i look good aside from that get the fuck out like it, it it's weird to see in like a more modern setting but it kind of does play true to like those old standards of, yeah. of bloodlines and and you know what keeps your position
0: it makes sense like like if he's like the young career marriage dude gonna do what side he wants that's basically the same like that's the same thing as being like a like king and like being like oh i'm gonna get married because i know that i'll get a better promotions because of the way that the corporate world works i'm gonna keep on keep it on i'm gonna have 2.5 kids and i'm gonna you know like it's just like he's very much there
1: and and barbecues (laughs) on the weekends yeah very much so like it's almost like uh that checklist that people talk about that exists in society of you have to do, you know, this thing before you're 25 and this thing before you're 30 and, you know, it's, it's he has his own internal checklist and he's not going to be happy till he gets to fill out all the boxes.
0: It sucks, like, he super comes off as somebody who just doesn't really have any good relationships. He's like, oh, Bishop tells me what to do and Mio, she seems pleasant enough and she's going to fulfill this checkbox for me and, like, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah he's just kind of like yeah like I'm sure if there was somebody else who could also be queen and he could let Wataru and like Mio like be a couple he would totally go for that he'd be like oh this is great yeah check box,
1: yeah you know yeah definitely because he doesn't even have like that same kind of like I mean he is a little bit possessive with Mio but it isn't like to the degree that the king was with Maya Um, so he doesn't even have like that Deeper bit of narcissism that comes with that. it's So, yeah, I think you're completely right. Like, if there was a way he could have let them be happy together, he would, but, you know, obviously not at, you know, his own sacrifice because that's reality.
0: Yeah. One other scene of, I think, really good character. Well, there's actually two really fun character scenes here. One is we see the start of Kivat II or like dark Kivat observing Otoya. Mm-hmm. And like, when he sees him demanding to be let go, he's like, hmm. And there's a couple small moments like this that lead up in a way where I'm like, oh, they actually do a very good job with Dark Kiva mm-hmm. and what he does yeah. and like and like what he believes in for being a completely CG character <laughs> who gets like four scenes basically. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I have to agree with you. He he definitely made it is super interesting to watch, and I I loved like seeing those bits of personality come out because, like you said, it, it was very strong. Like you had very clear ideas of like how he viewed the world, even just from the small bit of dialogue he had, and it was great to kind of watch him interact with all the you know biggest characters in those scenes.
0: And another great scene is. There's a moment where Shima realizes he's a fangire and he gets to the coffee shop and it's like twilight and the sun's getting in mm-hmm. and he just takes a moment to breathe and look at his life and think about everything. And it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, that's a well done seed, you know?
1: Yeah, and just enjoys his his perfect cup of coffee. He talks about how it's the best cup of coffee he's ever had. And like, it just you see that real connection between him and Master and this place that, you know, he comes to every day, and it, it just... It, for so little dialogue and so little happening, actually, within the scene, you get so much emotion, and you really feel the place that he's in and kind of, like, how he's starting to come to terms with his decisions.
0: And, like, that next scene where, like, Nago won't kill him is very... is like, really, like, heartbreaking too. He's like, oh, wow, I'm just this now Mm. this is my life oh
1: yeah between his reaction and the way that he kind of lets nago have it for not being able to kill him which you know had to be killing nago also because of the type of like warrior he is that just that whole thing like i got a lump in my throat a little bit i'm not gonna lie like that was a tough scene to watch but it was so well done and for as short as it was like conveyed so much
0: A less restrained scene, I think a scene that's more maximalist, is the wedding. What do you think of the wedding of uh, Mio and Taiga?
1: You know, when it first opened up on the scene, I was like, no, this, this, you know, this is not appropriate for this character, the king, who has been so flamboyant this entire time. But I kind of realized that it the whole scene was much more playing into Mio's state of mind than his. And, you know, the fact that she was just trying to rush through this process and the fact that, you know, they exist on a different plane because of what they are, like it actually fit perfectly and did like have that kind of creep shot of bishop in the shadows was just it was perfect like it was so well done i loved it and like how dark it was and just it, it was great
0: uh her the ceremony itself though is like it's not like hand binding like some cultures or like ceremonies will do where it's like uh the two people getting married will wrap their hands together it's like her hands were bound together in shade, but her hands, too, the, like themselves, like she was a prisoner. Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, she was and literally then, bound to him. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then it was with her bound hands that she stabbed him and had, like, the monster hands. Was like, oh, this is great.
1: Yeah, that was Good some job. Shakespeare shit right there. I loved it.
0: <laughs> no subtlety, but great job. Yeah, I mean... Because she stabs him.
1: You, you don't watch shows like Common Rider for subtlety, I don't think. <laughs>
0: I, I'm trying to think of what's the last time Comrade was subtle <laughs> uh, I think Hibiki was subtle sometimes
1: Yeah, it had its moments and uh, you know and, and like as we were just talking about that scene with uh, the guy in the coffee shop it, it has its moments they just aren't yeah. frequent but yeah I, I love it's the,
0: the drama not a subtle drama
1: exactly I just I loved the whole soap opera aspect of not only her killing him but him immediately jumping up to her defense which was confusing, but it was also like let her go. It's not her fault. Uh, yeah, it it was fun in the way that like was something I was completely not expecting, and kind of like left me on the edge of my seat. Like, where is this going now? Like, what the hell is happening? And him and Bishop like facing off. It was just, uh, uh so well done. Love it.
0: And Bishop kind of is like a little bit sympathetic here. He's like, "Hey, what's up, King? I got gotcha. you." This like lady was trying to kill you if, to make your brother king. I, I'm going to get her. She's like, no, it's not her fault. She's like, I'm pretty sure it's her fault. I'm <laughs> pretty sure king. I saw
1: the whole thing, dude.
0: <laughs> I saw this one. <laughs> She's like, no, it's not. I was like, okay. I,
1: I told her to stab me. You just didn't hear. Her.
0: <laughs> and it's kind of like intersects with Wataru and Shima. And I love their relationship and like the way they talk this episode about being a guy and how it's okay and how he respects Wataru and shouldn't just think that somebody's bad because mm. of their blood. Um, but that brings them to the same cliffside grave site of Yuri and her mom <laughs> to fight. Eddie <laughs> fights with Tyga and gets killed, mm-hmm. quote unquote. Then the brothers fight, even though um, Tyga's still bleeding from his stab wound.
1: <laughs> that totally wasn't her fault. Uh,
0: there's one little sidebar is that they get uh in the eighties how Toya gets free after he's allowed to, to play violin and they hear it and Maya gets like turned human and stripped of powers. But Kotoya just like does grappling on the forest guardian and, and like kills it in like one attack, which is a like a cool moment. But uh, the main thing, though, is that Mio steps in the way of a kick because she realizes that she loves Tigus. Also, or likes mm-hmm. him, at least. I'm <laughs> <They're> not sure.
1: <laughs> Once again, confusing.
0: But she dies on the beach, in her purple ring, and there's a sunset, and Wataru gets a piece of her uh, glass. And yeah, a lot of deaths happen this episode that are totally final, and the result of what they look like.
1: <laughs> and there's absolutely nothing behind the scenes on this whatsoever.
0: This gets us to the first part of the endgame, though, which is probably the best title for a uh, episode of Cabin we've had for a while, but Punk, Back to Father. <laughs> That's a very it, it good title. It sounds like the um,
1: uh, one of those really long song titles from the 90s.
0: The other one was uh, 13, was called Unfinished Daddy Bite. But yeah, um, uh, we see that... Um, Otoya is in the hospital, but then he's trying to leave and his doctor shows up and says, hey, you need to rest. Also, I'm your son.
1: (laughs) And also, you're not allowed to leave the hospital for a year. Good luck, bud.
0: What do you think when you saw Wataru was there?
1: Was like, I, I had to check for a second and be like, am I watching the movie? Because I'm starting to get some feelings here. But then after that, like, after they show his face, it immediately cuts to the opening song, which always gets me hyped. So I was distracted for a minute before it came back on.
0: Yeah. um, Definitely um, (laughs) an odd moment. And they definitely take a second to process it. But basically is like, hey, I'm going to go back in time and make sure I never get born. I'm going to cock block my parents and hopefully <laughs> Mio doesn't die. And he wants to change fate. Um, and yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> like, mom and dad, please don't meet up. Please don't love each other.
1: <laughs> please don't bone. That's all I ask.
0: And I love his relationship actually with Yuri here because like they have a couple conversations as she's like leaving Otoyo's house and like breaking up with him and like she acts at first like they're good but also like she's leaving getting her stuff out of the way
1: yeah and it's kind of the part that was kind of sad for me was the fact that Yuri paid more attention to him than anyone yeah and she didn't have a reason to like she had a reason not to as a matter of fact but she still just did like did her best to kind of console him and take care of him the whole time he was there
0: and I think it's a very good it's very good character work. Cause I really do love how they compare. Like it's a little melodramatic. Cause she says like, Oh yeah. I heard that like this girl you love died, but it was like dying when I was, when I broke up with your dad, It's <laughs> uh, not quite the most sensitive, but it's um, no, very much like, all, no. <laughs> Hey, I'm glad to have known him. She's would have been glad to know you and die. Like she would, rather have died knowing you if she loved you
1: yeah yeah that was that was kind of weird but i mean there's so much weird dialogue in these that it, it, it's kind of hard for me to really notice anymore until i'm thinking about it later and i'm like that's not something you say to someone
0: she is right though like you don't want to unexist because then the person that loved you that died would never have gotten to love you
1: exactly it's it's a good sentiment it just it didn't this, it didn't feel right. (laughs) The dialogue didn't feel right.
0: I think saying, I know your girlfriend just died, but it was like death when I, like, broke up with your dad. Like, (laughs) it's a little much, but yeah, Yeah. um, I love the whole puppy dog, like, him trying to bring Yuri over to his dad. (laughs) (laughs) It's very cute, and he keeps doing it, he keeps trying to, like, have them be separated and, like, um, it takes a while for, like, his parents to accept who he is. hmm But, um... They stay broken up. Um, and... That's when we see, like, Maya, like... is... Like, getting attacked by Fangiers. Um, they find out she has no powers. And, like, Yuri also brings Maya to Otoya. So he can defend her and give her a place to live. Um... <laughs> and then he just, like, asked not to be born. <laughs> like, on a pier. Hey... I know you're moving in together and you're going to play violin for every night. Can you
1: <laughs> not? Can yeah. you not
0: do that please? I don't want to be bored.
1: <laughs> Which is a totally reasonable thing to ask of strangers.
0: I do love how like we get like the flash to the future that's like he gets saved for being killed by Taiga by like Jiro who just is like only your dad could touch your soul now. Whoop. Go back to the past.
1: Yeah, which was, I I mean, there was a lot of, you know, moments in the dialogue that made me kind of cock my head like a puppy who you've just asked a question to, and that was one of them, like, did you have to phrase it that way, guy? I mean, uh, probably just me.
0: There's a little levity in this episode, and I'd say that it's Nago dressing up like Shiba and then there is um, Wataru and Hotoya walking on their toes.
1: <laughs> I can't believe I almost forgot about that. Yeah, because I made a note about that that said, please don't ever let me see anything like that again.
0: <laughs> Kotoya is like, hey, I bet you that you can't do this. The whole family can do this.
1: Yeah, and he doesn't even think about it. Like, Wataru just gets up and starts, you know, Dance around on his toes and I was just like, please stop. Please don't let there be another generation of people that do this. I do not want to see this ever again.
0: But they get to bathe together, and it is kind of heartbreaking when like um Ochoa says, It must have been a while since we last bathed together. And then Watara's like, actually the first time this happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Because it was very much a uh, Emotion revealing for Wataru and Atoya just he plays that so well. Like he looks surprised for half a second, then snaps right into being, you know, the goofball that he is and kind of just redirecting the entire conversation.
0: Yeah. And um, I like the moment where he's talking to his mom on the swing set and then like she sees that he's Kiva and they're like, then she gets like accosted by the king who has taiga is like, hey, what's up? You could love this dude and be human, but I'm going to kill your child if you do that.
1: Which is a perfectly reasonable reaction to getting rejected.
0: Yeah, just what a gnarly fucker (laughs) is what I'll call him.
1: (laughs) But once again, really leaning into that like soap opera Disney villain trope and going full force with it.
0: And I love um, how like Artoya is like, hey, you're my son. You can't even you can't like restrict my freedom and like they're getting ready to fight when they like fight together and like destroy that Fangar but then like they actually like fight each other too and like he's like looks like you don't have any resolve son oh no <laughs> the king's <key's> here <laughs> uh, but like I love how like you also see that like Dark Kiva's watching the fight and like he like reports that like the Kiva from the future is here but also he's like hmm, I kind of like this Otoya fella.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's another one of those instances where you can kind of get a really great gauge on how the mentality of the Dark Kiva works just with so little dialogue, so little interaction, but you kind of like, it gives you a bit of foreshadowing for what's going to happen like when the Dark Kiva like takes over
0: and that leads to 245 with you Files transformation uh, where um Wataru gets the cleanest rider kick I've ever seen on the king and like knocks him back to like save his dad <laughs> but the king like berserks and like steams off Dark Kiva, who's like very insulted by this too and um they barely escape his monster form but um then we see Wataru gets spanked by his dad <laughs>
1: Literally, yes,
0: yeah, uh, Potoya really plays a lot of the emotional beats well, a lot of lying while smiling, and the other person knows that you're lying in his episodes.
1: yeah, for sure. even more I, I think that he gets away with it though, because he has that personality, where even if you know he's lying to your face, like he's so goddamn charming you're like almost willing to go along with it anyway. And I think that that's a really tough thing for an actor to pull off. So that's one thing that I've always loved about his character is just, he can get away with everything because he can make you laugh while he does it.
0: And I was so worried at the top of the show, cause I remembered loving him, but also he's such a pest at the start of the show and like, does not let Yuri alone. Like I didn't know if he was going to pull it out, but he definitely does. He's so goddamn charming. And like mm-hmm. he grows too, I think is part of it. But like he's such a charming character.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. And I think that it, they played his character well because they let him be annoying in the beginning. And then like you slowly start to see that like there is a lot of heart underneath all that. He just hides it underneath, you know, kind of being a dick to people most of the time just for no reason but his own amusement. So.
0: And like he goes from stalking Yuri to in the hidden like this episode telling like Maya hey a child of yours is a child of mine and like the whole like scene of like he and also like dark Kiva shows up is like I'm on your side here Maya and like uh that's a great little family scene I love seeing Kivat the third talk to his dad and be like oh like you'll help us dad this is awesome
1: It was, I I love Kivat anyway, but just getting to see that interaction really did bring a smile to my face too, because it was just so pure.
0: The power of Dark Kiva is more than the human can survive.
1: Except you find out they can survive it about three or four times before it actually does any damage.
0: He's exceptionally life force, you know? (laughs) (laughs) They say it.
1: Yeah, he does say he's a legend a couple of times in this episode.
0: Uh... Atari beats the master in the eighties. It's a fun little scene, but, um, I honestly love the seed here of of the bishop going up to Taiga and being like, Hey, I'll let you mourn a bit, but how about this? I know will break your spirits. <laughs> your brother didn't kill your fiance. I did. aren't you so proud of me?" <laughs> And he's like, what the? F-?
1: As he walks up on him, staring at a picture of her, like timing guy, like read the room.
0: I mean, that's one of those things. No offense. But if you're the dude who's killing a fiance, you also got to be the dude who's never talking about it. Like he's like, exactly. Aren't you happy? I did this for you.
1: Yeah. Like he was trying to win brownie points. I totally came into the office an hour early and cleaned your desk off for you. But come on, guy, you killed someone.
0: Yeah, and he's like so shocked. He's like, oh no, I can't believe you shunned me for killing your fiance. Uh,
1: yeah, the the whole emo thing he goes into after that it, with so little self-awareness like playing that um gospel music in the church and everything, it was it was just as melodramatic as you could get, really.
0: Yeah, um and we see the first time that Huttoy becomes Tarkiva. He survives, but he's like clearly like got and like pale and stuff. And he's in pain, but he's like, I'm going to keep doing it. You can't stop my freedom, everybody, no matter if you're my son or my wife or my other wife or me.
1: (laughs) It doesn't matter. I won't listen to anyone.
0: (laughs) I get his right to die stuff. It's pretty clear that he's just like, Hey, I need to be able to defend people and like keep my promises. And like, his devotion to like helping his friends is just, like great. And like when he goes into the castle, they just kind of like go into the castle for some reason. I guess the guardian of the force is gone so they can just get there real easy. But he just like, g- like comes into a room and finds his friends and they're like the toy, like weapon forms. He's holding them all in his arms. It's, like, that's a very fun little moment. Like it just like, it's played very well for what is a scene of an actor picking up a bunch of like, merchandise basically
1: <laughs> it definitely is especially like seeing him like grow more excited as he realizes like what he's dealing with
0: and there's just like whole thing about like w- w- like will you receive my life and then maya telling are like you have to and like understanding what it means to like see the sacrifice and, like s- and like take somebody's life past their own which is a lot um but yeah, um, this also leads to Wataru holding the shard of Maya of Mio's body and seeing her force <laughs> ghosts in a moment where he's like, "Can I keep living?" And she's like, nods a little bit. And he's like, okay,
1: that's all I needed. Yeah, it was so strange. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, and Bishop's starting a plan in the modern times, but um, as um. Katoya fights the king. The arms monsters can escape. And uh, there's a big CGI monster that comes on Castle Toran, But Wataru takes care of it. Uh, but that leads to episode 46. Full stop. Farewell, Otoya. And there's a lot going on here. Um, the past Ixa gets used and destroyed. And that'll come back later. But... Um, It falls into a lake. And then, Kotoya transforms for a third time. Um, And, the father and son have their violent (laughs) telepathy as they fight. And they have their first and last job
1: together. Yes, that was very 80s movie. Dramatic. I appreciated
0: it. And it's a fight to protect people's (laughs) music. Uh, His father's voice has guided him. And they do a father-son rider kick together and they kill the king. Then, the king's like, you're mine, Maya go to hell with me and like tries to kill her but like tiger reflects it and he actually gets the kill on leaderboard (laughs) i guess and like the tattoo goes on his hand and he's like haha someday i'm sure my son will destroy you
1: (laughs) so so beautifully dramatic that entire thing
0: and here's where we get into the sad bits because as wataru is fading his dad is climbing rocks and telling him to be happy and stuff and, like, pretending he didn't fatally transform, mm-hmm. basically. And, like, even, like, Maya, like, calls him out. is like, even dying, you put on, like, a brave front. He says, I can't let my son see yeah. me in pain.
1: which was, I mean, that probably summed up his entire character better than anything else could have. I mean, the thing he pulled with Yuri and Maya, big, big dick move. But otherwise, Really great guy and in the end like really was trying to show how much he cared about Wataru so he, I, I think that he played a flawed character very well. I
0: guess some more modern times there's more building army Nago mm-hmm. gets blinded <laughs> um, Shizuka has a cameo and Wataru does a lot of fights outside of his transformation beating the crap out of monsters and staring at them with like really <laughs> tense eyes.
1: I loved seeing him just walk up and nail monsters like it, not even a thought just straight up cold cocked him and didn't hesitate for a second. It was such a departure from like the character we see in the first 20 or so episodes that it was just a blast to see him get to kind of be like the badass for a while.
0: We get the last scene between Yuri and Kotoya where she's found the dog Buryman from the cafe. um in the rain, and then gets an umbrella over her, and then they talk about stuff and yeah, what do you think of the scene?
1: I thought it was heartbreaking, honestly, because <laughs> they they did not talk about anything in depth, but you could still see just how much love and heartbreak and emotion was there, and like. <laughs> The end of that with him like just showing that red umbrella bouncing around in the rain was just like, ugh. I mean, that's better than a Hallmark movie.
0: I mean, yeah, because he's like dancing in the rain as he's like telling her that smile suit her best and like, oh, what's the secret to your recipe of omelet rice? She's like, oh, you actually liked it. It's poison. And then like she whispers to herself, no, it was love. And then know, it's a man. rainbow, and he's God.
1: <laughs> uh, I know there's so much there. They started to really do well with those um, scenes that spoke volumes in this set of episodes, like just simple, you know, not a lot happening scenes where you could just tell, like exactly what they were trying to say. It was really, really great.
0: And the same kind of scene happens with him and the arms monsters too, where like they see his fading legs. As he goes to see them and is like, hey, you should go calm down that castle and watch over my son. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we're monsters. We're liars. We're going to eat him." And he's like, sure you will. <laughs> and we know how that work- works out. They are with that kid now, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think that that's where you really, really see, like, how much love and trust him and Jiro have in each other. Because he never for a second doubts that he's going to keep his word and watch over his son. And... um. You know, to see Jiro try to, you know, play it tough and look off into the distance while he fades away, just it perfectly summed up their relationship, I think.
0: Yeah. And then we get the last scene um, where he's making omelet rice in the park as kids are playing. And like he heard that the like real thing was love and not poison. And he's baking it and then he's playing her violin and there's more violin and then he's like, that's good. That's my true song. Then he just
1: dies. Dies, yeah.
0: <laughs> and yeah, um, really well done scene, like really well done character mm-hmm. arc. Um, the show becomes purely present day from there on out, too, which is like a fun way to do it. Like the last two episodes are like purely focused there, but uh
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. Uh they really do that character well for a lot of weirdness too. Like his arc is that he does like uh spend half the show trying to get with one girl and then immediately leave her for another girl. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like another woman.
1: Yeah, which I mean, like I said <laughs> that was heartbreaking to see, but it was <laughs> kind of nice like I said to let him have, like, that flaw of the fact that he couldn't really figure out who he loved until the very end. And even then, I don't know that he would have ever made that decision had, you know, Yuri not backed off.
0: I mean, yeah, I'm sure he, to an extent, was like, hey, I was just making a violin and I fell in love. I still love you, really. Have you heard about this? Maybe you... Maybe you're bi, honey. (laughs) Whatever he wants. He would have tried a lot of things. Like, I'm sure, like, his (laughs) main thing wasn't, like, oh, leave. He was just like, I love somebody else. Let's figure it out. (laughs) You know, but.
1: (laughs) I saw this thing on a website called Reddit about polyamory. Have you ever read anything about that?
0: Yeah. It's like (laughs) uh, uh, one of the craziest things in the world. To me, is hearing about the people who are like uh, super young, like eighteen to nineteen, and like get involved with cake, but don't know their self worth, and like are like that's not actually cake.
1: That's My, yeah,
0: uh, uh, you child. Please, that's just
1: problematic. Just, please stop that.
0: <laughs> please, re- please respect yourself <laughs> before you try <laughs> things. And that please you might or might not to like.
1: actual adults before you get involved <laughs> in these things
0: yeah but uh, speaking of actual adults, uh Wataru's got grief, but he confronts taiga, but there's a lot of monster Arby's in the way, but eventually he beats him up, but Bishop's got weird eyes summoning <laughs> the old king. <laughs> yeah, um and yeah, um, just people are getting attacked really hard. That is when, um Nago tries to make Wataru the head of the blue sky group, and he says no. And then Shiba randomly shows up. He's like, hey, what's up? I'm completely human and completely fine. (laughs) Also, you're blind, Nago. you bastard. Yeah. Give me some sugar.
1: (laughs) Quit quit trying to pretend you're not, punk-ass mother.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, And Taiga loses his job. Megumi's offered Ixa. But she's like, no, actually... I know that I haven't had anything to do the past 16 episodes since my arc ended. I'm actually really supportive of you now.
1: <laughs> and we're going to work on <laughs>
0: your blindness together.
1: Yeah, yeah. That was kind of a, a strange pair up. But, you know, I was there for it. They at least kept it interesting.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like a, they needed a pairing at the end. They're like, oh, man.
1: We've already we fucked like, up all the other relationships yeah. now.
0: <laughs> Pretty rough pairing, huh? so <laughs> Kind of messed <laughs> things up. And there's more army of fighting um stuff as like Bishop tries to kill Taiga and take the last thing, the king from him as he is like only has that left. Um Wataru talks to his mom and it's like, oh he died happy, okay. What's strength? And and like it's all about like his kindness being strength and Yeah. Um that is when Wataru is like, I'm the new king of the Fangire. And also like he gets asked by Shima to look after Taiga too, so
1: yeah, there's a lot of people asking other people to look after other people. And I feel like if they just had this one big group conversation, they could all just look out for each other and it wouldn't be an issue.
0: And honestly, I think if they also talked and had different like camera angles, they would have avoided a lot of their issues. They were like, oh, wow, you didn't kill this person? Oh, this person didn't die? Right,
1: know. right. You know, they could have talked things out like adults instead of just, you know, going straight for the punches.
0: Kashima says, oh... Tyga's actually a really good guy He non-vitally la- Like stabbed me with a whip And turned me human again But also re- healed all my wounds In <laughs> <laughs> so, this yeah. explosion
1: Yeah, we're, so we're cool now Is what I'm getting at
0: <laughs> And then Tyga, of course Proves he's a nice guy By going to his mother And stabbing her
1: Yeah allegedly (laughs) that was another scene where I was like okay you guys have already tricked me a lot up to this point what do I really believe happened here so I once again just decided to reserve judgment until later on in the series and I'm glad I did
0: I think I think Wataru should have been responsible for like Mio dying fully and I think that Shiba could have died and I think that would have made this fake out fine but like Honestly, what does Shima bring by being in charge now? Like, why couldn't like you have like Megumi takes over as Nagos trying to get over his blindness and she's like, I've got to lead things. You be Ixo or like whatever. But like him coming back and Mio actually being killed by. B- There's just a little too many of those.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing, um, because by the time we got to that point, I was just like uh, more bullshit can't wait to see how they resolve this one and it's exactly what you just (laughs) described it's when you've got it's okay to have like a a surprise or a twist but when you've got a bunch of twists back to back then everything becomes one and so there's no reason to do it anymore because you're not really surprising anyone
0: and this should have been the one
1: yeah Yeah, that would have been a really good one
0: and also like she slumps over like she's been stabbed to death afterwards even though she just got like Hugged and almost stabbed, and it's like, okay, why'd you act stabbed when you weren't there? Like, was it to fake out Dark Eva, who could tell you're probably alive with his weird powers? But whatever,
1: yeah, yeah. (coughs) there wasn't really a good explanation for it.
0: But Taru becomes king and he dresses like the old king, and the arms monsters are all shook, and there's rose petals, and he stabs the sword in the ground, and he's like, I'm king. And that yeah. brings us to the finale, the inheritors of Kiva. And yeah, um, Nago tries to stop being Ixa. Uh, there's cool finale art. There's Bishop confronting Wataru. Taru. Um, there's more training to be a blind Ixa. Mm-hmm. But then there is another brother fight where now Taiga has dark Kiva. Um, but it also gets interrupted again by another army of revived Fangire and Bishop
1: with this crazy And the eyes. arms monsters show up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, man, there's a lot of armies in these episodes of, like, monsters that just kind of get, get jobbed out real easy.
1: Yeah, but and it it, I think that that's part of the reason why it felt like, I know that it wasn't, but it felt like this episode was one of the shorter ones for me. Mm-hmm. Because it was so action intensive. So, it felt like, <coughs> you know, everything just happened, and then it was done and the series was over and I was like, oh come on, there isn't one more. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> Yeah.
1: I need but, some time to process here.
0: Nago masters his blindness with Magooby's help and kills the bishop and then falls down and he could see again and he sees Magooby and they embrace. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it, it's whatever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, which is just how you know that, you know, their next step is to start having babies.
0: Yeah um, Wataru and Taiga fight And then they have like fought hard enough That they've dropped out of their transformations And Wataru goes to hug him and says I love you And Chiba shows up and is like he does love you I, I asked him to And then <laughs> the king comes back And he's been revived as a more monstrous form I guess Because
1: of course And he fights
0: them now
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> But they lose
0: the fight And they're at the old lake But it's dried up and become a cliffside Which that's cool. I want to know why that happened, but uh, that's. <laughs> Feels that,
1: that's like cool. there's more of a story yeah. there.
0: <laughs> and then my favorite scene, I think, in all of Godmurder Kiva happens. Um, and Wataru is falling, and he uh, grabs onto the arm from the Ixa from the 80s in the fight they had 22 years ago and holds yes. him up. Well. And then he. Yeah, it
1: starts to slip. Yeah, and then he sees his dad, <laughs> because why not?
0: Well, we did establish last time that one of the Fangira races are ghosts.
1: Oh, that's true. Uh, I keep forgetting that. That that was my bad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, it's just like yes, I. It was just I like the visual of this series being all about the past and connecting to people. Of he's about to fall, and he grabs the arm you know like that's a good image that's a good moment like even if mm-hmm. it's also like and then his dad's ghost also helped him up
1: <laughs> yeah which I think for me was the part where I was like okay like we're, we've completely gone off the rails now it was the the thing with the arm was enough They didn't need to, to keep piling onto that I didn't think
0: it's at the end so it's a good time to get off the rails I guess just right at the end
1: yeah, might as well. I mean, if you're going to instead of doing it in the middle of the season, like some other common riders that shall not be named.
0: But the brothers rally and they win the fight. They use rider kicks, rider punches, rider chops. They use their All weapons and their symbols. All the and rider things. Yeah. They have the whip through him and they kick him and they kill him. And they're like, yeah. And then they love and they talk. And Tiger's like, will you ever forgive me? For not killing our mom. it was (laughs) Uh, Uh, It's such a weird moment. Will you ever forgive me for all the stuff I've did, like not killing our mom as she shows up? Like, did he know he didn't kill? Like, I'm so confused by that moment of like, will you ever forgive me for not killing our mom?
1: Yeah, (laughs) that definitely confused me, too. But not nearly as much as what she says next is, yeah, you should fight him. How else are you going to know you care about each other? What? That's why there's so many <laughs> fucked up relationships in this series, because people do well, shit like that.
0: To be fair, that's just a trope of Japanese media at this point of, okay, now that we've resolved everything, let's fight just to know that we love each other and see to their souls. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's a little weird. But um, I do like how um, there's a point where like after they've solved the like they've solved things like taiga's king again and like he says like totaro you've grown enough to make a king feel small that's a very good line <laughs> 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 uh, And it, it
1: was yeah it yeah. made me laugh what
0: were you saying sorry
1: Oh, I was just saying, yeah, that, that line definitely <coughs> made me laugh. I was like, come on, guy. Like, he he's already proven he could kick your ass if he needed to. Like, just relax.
0: One thing I like is that when he gets, like, slashed by the king, he, like, gets slashed from the king outfit to his usual clothes, basically. <laughs> with no real <laughs> wounds. I thought that was very funny.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh...
0: And, too, like, when they're fighting... They start fighting without Transformers. They're just kicking the shit out of each other for like a good like 30 seconds, it feels like. Just it the did actors. look so like, like a cool. real
1: sibling fight, which was funny to see. I was just like, okay, well, they kind of sold me on the fact that they're brothers just by doing that.
0: But then we get it's time for a wedding. And Shizuka's at Watara's house. The master's sick and his dog's giving birth, so we got a new dog <laughs> while he waits for his dog and the new puppy to show up. Uh Yuri or Megumi's sad that her mom's not there, that her mom's ghost shows up for a minute.
1: Because, of course. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. We have completely fucking giving up on making sense on this show at this point.
0: Well, then the wedding, and Shiba gives her away, and everyone's looking at stuff. Taiga has his company, and they're gonna... I
1: forgot that the craziest is yet to come. Yes.
0: (laughs) And they're all, like, here, like... Uh, Kivats at a bow tie and like a hat Oh the arms monsters are here And they're nervous but they kiss And then of course Is the end of the series And will you tell <laughs> me what happens at the end of the series
1: <laughs> Wataru's son Comes barging into his wedding uh, Just like He pretty much did with his dad Just in the middle of his life And it's like oh hey by the way a new race of super monsters is coming after us. And of course they all have to transform after they push the delicate women out of the way. And that's how they end the show.
0: They have the mortal Kombat ending where it's like, do, 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 And they all like jump in the air, kicking. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Neo figure. And his son played by his dad, Maso, who's the new key, but he's like, Hey, what's up? And he just it's very funny to think like oh it's the, like their Perception of somebody in, in 2030 and honestly He looks pretty good he looks A little wild but this is yeah. like hey What's up dad
1: <laughs> Yeah I, I mean aside uh, from Like the fact that he looks like he Hasn't seen a hair comb In a couple of years like it Wasn't that far off from what I see
0: But um Yeah there's new Kivat and they're like yeah But it is kind of funny We're like hey but Gooby at your wedding, stop getting your guns out, and then like all the boys <laughs> just jump in the <laughs> to do a kick. That's the end of the series.
1: That's it. That's <laughs> uh, all the emotional stuff you witness, and that's how they end it. I really couldn't <laughs> ask for anything more from a Common Rider series, to be honest.
0: I mean, yeah. I mean, that's Common Rider Kiva. What do you think, Steph?
1: Loved it absolutely. <laughs>
0: uh, how's it compare to? hibiki for you
1: oh that's a tough one um i think if i had to pick one to do another like binge rewatch on i probably would go with kiva but that's because it felt like especially toward the end it uh, started to (laughs) lean more into like the action aspects and some of the fights especially when they started doing different transformations came out super interesting. And I really enjoyed that.
0: I think Hibiki has higher highs, but man, that uh, it's not even the first couple episodes where they change the direction. But I think like four or five episodes in, like after the point where like, I think where Asumu meets his dad and stuff, like it just really takes a sharp turn in quality and direction. And the whole show just feels so, it kind kilter, of feels flat you know? after that
1: because even the actor that did Hibiki as great of a job as he did, like, it almost didn't seem like his heart was in it as much either. Like, it, it kind of felt like it affected him in a way, too. And it, I, I think that we just got a little bit more consistency <laughs> with Kiva, especially in the storyline. Um, and now, obviously, like the last couple episodes we were talking about, they did just really go crazy on a couple of the storylines, but it was still done in a like fun way. Where it was Hibiki? It kind of just felt like it completely <coughs> lost direction, and it that was hard to see for something I'd been enjoying so much up to that point.
0: And honestly, um, they uh, there have been people in the cast, I think, including the person who plays Hibiki, who was like, um, "Yeah, I'm so mad that happened. I wish I'd gotten to tell that story." And like, I'm sure if there was like a Doctor Who style audio drama for Carbon Rider, they would have done that by now. <laughs> Uh but yeah, it's just uh like I said before, Kiva definitely feels like a show that got t- to be consistently produced. It has some like chips in the paint or, or or like scratches, like we mentioned how like it's weird that they did three death fake yeah. outs and they should have maybe stuck with two of them not being fake outs, but I have to ask as we get to this very end though. Um who were your top three favorite characters it could be for this last set or it could be for kiva as a whole
1: um i'm gonna have to go with the um the uh daddy kiva the the dark kiva buckle
0: great yeah
1: really 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 enjoyed (laughs) like how much value he added to everything he was in um the king Definitely, because he was just such a fun, flamboyant presence, and I really enjoyed that. Um, And um, I think Mio, just because she wasn't in as many of these, obviously, because of just how the storyline played out, but um, the way that she does have those couple of episodes where you get to see her kind of lean into being the queen was a lot of fun to see. I wish we'd gotten a little bit more of it, but, you know, I get it. There wasn't really too much more they could have done with her character, so...
0: Yeah, um, I think that I would say that, um, Mio and and Dark Eva are great in these last couple of episodes. I'm not sure who I'd say for the whole series, though. For the whole series, it kind of has to be, like, Wataru, Potoya, and then that third thought's a little contested. That's hard to know. Is that Yuri? Is that, um, Jiro? I'd say my third for the last three episodes maybe has to be, um... Maybe has to be um, Mio, Dark Eva, Taiga. Yeah, but for like the whole series, it has to be like Taro, Otoya and I guess Yuri, even though she does have the same problem as Megumi, where they're like, okay, you came to the end of your mm-hmm. arc. It was complete. It was good. But we kind of have other stuff to do right yeah. now.
1: Yeah, now fuck off. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Um probably overall in the series i I have to agree about wataru i i really really enjoyed his character progression um jiro for sure just you know always going to be a favorite of mine no matter what he's in but just because he started out as such like in evil right, not evil but arrogant kind of cocky guy and like you you get to see his heart over the series and um Toy for the same reason like he comes off as one way initially and then you really get to see like how he kind of shows people he cares about them and it's his is a really interesting character also although with this series it's definitely hard to pick a top three because I I felt like they all got pretty fair character arcs and they were all fun to watch
0: yeah um I do wish that Megumi did Super steep, like she didn't get like a ton of the show. Like, Yuri got more, but the cast was so big. (laughs) There's so much going on. Like a lot of time was like, "Hey, you're getting the, you're the third or fourth most most important character in in one of two casts, so you're really like the seventh most important character." You know, which means a lot of time she got what she needed to get her plot across. But like, I really wanted to go more into them as like brother and sister like they never even really explicitly say that Mm -hmm. but it's super implied that they are brother and sister and it is rarely brought up and like even the movie like we were saying hey that random girl and her mom that's cool but could we have gotten more of megumi and yuri instead we don't need more violent people
1: and I feel like it's kind of difficult because a lot of the scenes that are the most interesting with Yuri are always the shortest ones. Like, there's always something lacking that can be developed, so, like, uh, and it's the same with Megumi. Like, they have these super interesting stories that they could make into something, but, you know, it has it would come at the expense of, you know, Wataru's story, which you know you can't have cuz that's what the show's about but it it does feel like some serious missed opportunities there
0: in these last episodes are like in the show totally i guess what was your favorite effect that we saw
1: oh man that's a tough one because these had a lot of good ones um i think my favorite and it's just because i i really liked the way the visuals played against each other um and this might not even count uh, i'm hoping it does but when um the King has a um chained up in the dungeon, and he's like hitting him with those lightning strikes, just the way that all the colors in the scene played against each other. It made the effect look super cool, and you know he like I've said before, he's really great at you know how he moves his body in a scene anyway, so it looked very much like he was being electrocuted during that, so it it just was cool to watch
0: I really liked um. I just blanked. uh, no, uh the uh, moment where um where baby taiga reflects the attack and there's like a little like semi-transparent oh, shield, yeah. and that's like a little small effect where it was like, yeah, yeah that was intense. There.
1: And the way they do just a little fraction of that like glass <laughs> figure on his skin and then his little tattoo that matches Maya's, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, the effect of the show would probably have to be like the like jawline fractured like stained glass thing going on. Like I think that consistently mm-hmm. looked great. It's an effect from 13, 14 years ago now, but it would look perfectly fine now. Like it's like for like a non-practical effect, it shouldn't stand up as well as it does, but just like because it's so clear in its design. Yeah, yeah it, it holds does up really well. And yeah. The stained glass looks good. Uh when they're all fangiring up. Uh but in these so this one's harder but in this last episode and then in the whole series I guess best outfits, oh, best man. fits what stood out?
1: Hmm. Um, uh, That's hard I, I, I know I consistently loved Atayu's suit like I, I was thinking about that in this last episode and he's uh, wearing the jacket with the big squares and I was just like I have loved every single suit jacket he's ever worn in this show and it Just, that definitely struck me.
0: They all look like, um, carpets, but they still look good. I feel like it's a look
1: that only he could pull off, though. Like, you have (laughs) to have a certain amount of self-confidence to be able to do that, and he just does it perfectly.
0: Yeah, I like his, um, like, very last one, too, is there's, like, he's in the rain, his hair slicked back, and he's, like, dancing, and just, yeah, um... I think that um Yuri has some of the best outfits in the show. Not really in these last couple episodes, but like a very important mention too. She's um, always I, I did
1: love her um, when she's getting all suited up to go find a toy right before Maya light like, transforms into her house and you see her doing like the female version of the Rambo look. That was definitely one of my favorites.
0: Yeah, Yuri, I kinda wish that uh <laughs> She'd gotten more, honestly. Like everybody, like if they just like uh did a show that was like, hey, here's like the story of what Yuri was up to in the 90s, like a single mob or whatever, that would be a cool thing oh, yeah. like, or something, you know. Off. But yeah, that's the end of Camarda Kiva. Uh next time we're gonna figure out what we're doing between Camarder Blade and Deno. Um, I think for both of those shows. Our first look at them would be the first 8 episodes. I might have to check with Blade actually to see uh how that fits into its arc, but um yeah. We are going to be a very different vibe next time and I'll ask more people. Uh
1: I am too. I I'm think it be a lot of fun.
0: And also just uh, some uh changes to our actual schedule for us <laughs> on the show, which will be fun too. Uh but uh, I guess um, m- my question for you, Steph, is uh, when you're uh, not talking about Common Rider, where can people find you?
1: Um, you can find me occasionally on Twitter um, at Hat underscore Sis. You can find me on Instagram much more often um, at Nobody Much. Um, our website is www.arcademalicia.com, where you can also find a link directly back to the show Common Ride with Me.
0: Awesome. You can find uh, me on Twitter.com as com James Forge. You can find the podcast at come Right with Me, dot com, uh, for episodes and articles, uh, and on Twitter, and Instagram uh, for the ads actually for at Common Right with Me. Uh, we have come dot com slash episodes for links out to directly from each episode to different uh, pod servicers. Uh, we love to hear on different reviews like Apple and Spotify. There is com slash merch for all of our merch with proceeds going to charity. Uh and yeah, send in questions to podcast at Uh we would love to hear more as we go through this next book club. Um, and yeah, I guess uh any final lessons, final thoughts, things to learn, to grow on?
1: Um, I think what we can all learn from this, much like a couple of our other viewings, is that really gotta give some of these side female characters some more time because they always seem to have the most interesting unexplained shit happening in the background
0: yeah I'm gonna say uh Common Rider has an issue with that sometimes uh and by sometimes <laughs> I mean nearly always uh it's gotten better definitely but I don't know you're right <laughs> that might be a recurring problem as we watch these next shows <laughs> oh no. Man, who would have thought Japan? No, I don't know, Steph. Um uh, I am not hopeful for uh the next set of feminisms. I'm not sure how it's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: I'm not uh hopeful or expectant about <laughs> it. It would just be nice.
0: Yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where it gets better, but also like it gets better, but I don't think it's ever focused
1: <laughs> It's never where <coughs> we want it to be <laughs>
0: Yeah rider likes to be about dudes Punching dudes, bathing with dudes Crying about dudes, you know Just yeah, very hetero things Just
1: just bros washing <laughs> each other's backs Happen all the time
0: Yeah <laughs> Why are you crying? I dropped the soap.
1: Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me wash your back about it
0: let Me Wash Your Back About It is a very good... That's something. That's a name for something. <laughs>
1: that's a, a, a band name, maybe? Or... A porn name? I don't know.
0: Let Me Wash Your Back About It sounds like a... It's a... A, a new audio drama.